Absolutely. The um, started playing guitar actually when I was seven, and to uh, you know kind of kind of get you up to speed today uh, in today's day and age in a minute. But I started playing at the age of seven. Um, I was also always fascinated with music, and every time my dad would take us out, I have a brother and sister. Every time my dad would take us out to a store, I'd head over to the music department and check out all the the albums and instruments if there were any. And uh, it was one Saturday afternoon that we went to uh, uh, the, the store, and they had an instrument section, and there was this classical guitar on the wall. And I just stood there in complete awe. And so to make a long story short, I left with that guitar, thanks to Dad, and was banging on it all the way home in the car, came home, went to school the following uh, school day, it was a Monday, and I went to this little seven-year-old kid, went to the library, and I checked out every single music book that I could get my hands on. I mean, I literally walked out of school that day with both hands filled with, with these hardcore, hardcover music books. So anyway, I took a few lessons at first. I learned how to tune the guitar, learned some basic sight reading and notes. Um, and uh, I've been playing ever since, you know. So there were times during my developmental years, um, high school, a little bit after high school, that I would be practicing and studying up to 18 hours a day. And that's not exaggerating. It's uh, 18 hours a day. So I would then sleep, you know, four hours, a few hours, and then I'd wake up and do it again. I had a very supportive father, okay? And uh, not only would I be practicing, I mean, I would practice my instrument with the metronome diligently and with the utmost discipline, utmost discipline. Okay? I had a drill sergeant for growing up as a father, and uh, <clears throat> so to speak. So anyway, but not only did I spend time practicing, that time was equally divided with uh, my interest in composition. So I had a very uh, extreme interest uh, early on with composition. And uh, so I would, I would, all my life and to this day, I would try to balance uh, the art of uh, you know, physical performance skills on the guitar, my, my main instrument, along with uh, you know, studying compositional skills and techniques as well, too. A lot of guitar players, when they speak of techniques, I found, you know, I have found in my experience from, from teaching thousands of people around the world that most of the time they're referring to some sort of physical mechanic technique, whether it be alternate taking, sweet taking, this and that. But, uh, but rarely is it about the depth of music. You know, hey, George, you know, I found this really cool modulation technique where I could, you know, take a, take, take a diminished seventh chord and lower any one of the four notes and, and which will yield a dominant seventh shape, and in turn I could actually use that as, as an augmented sixth or a secondary augmented sixth in another key and modulate that way. Really cool technique. So those are the kind of things that I was mainly fascinated with, not so much uh, the, the physical mechanics of the guitar. And don't get me wrong, I would uh, practice with the metronome every single day. Every single day, okay. And I would push the limits of my physical ability, not not at all because I wanted to be fast. I had no fascination with being fast, no interest at all. Okay, playing playing at any tempo um, is where it's at. It doesn't matter if it's fast or slow. You know, engaging somebody's skill level on the speed that that they that they can do with some sort of familiar pattern is uh, is of no interest to me. Okay, so. It was, it's, uh, you know, I, just, I practice so I could, you know, acquire a good skill and, and feel like I could play what I wanted to play when I was writing, okay? So anyway, so, you know, um, and I, I've been doing that up until this day, trying to balance the art of uh, composition with, with uh, guitar performance. 
So anyway, I uh, went through years of playing in bands, you know, throughout high school and after high school. And uh, I was in this band called Prodigy, and we had some interest by uh, from Mike Barney from Shopmo Records. Yes. And uh, yeah, okay. And so we had some interest there, and that that was uh, way before I actually got signed. Okay. And I would be, I would I would be writing all this music, and then we'd have a really difficult time uh, getting, or I'd have a difficult time getting the rest of the band, in particular. Uh, the lead singer to write as quickly and as efficiently um, as I was, so we could get the material off the mic, you know, and keep his interest and get signed and all that good stuff. So anyway, out of frustration, it was, uh, you know, we still had the band Prodigy, and we had this uh, at a rehearsal studio. My brother, who also plays guitar and keyboards, he left his Apple computer over there. This was like in the early '90s. And, uh, you know, I was like, so I, I, I took it home and I checked it out and I discovered uh, that I can compose on the computer and, uh, you know, record the drum parts. And I, and I was recording with a drum machine at that point, really, you know, cheesy sounding drum machines in the 90s and all that, and recording on the four tracks and eight tracks. Uh, but the computer on the computer was so much more efficient, hard just recording. I could play all these tracks. And I, I learned that I didn't need to deal with all the whining of all these guys, Okay. So, um, so anyway, so I left the band and I focused on uh, composing Turn of the Millennium. And I actually did that, you know, I mean, I mentioned computer, but I actually did that just with a piece of paper and a pencil, uh, Turn of the Millennium, without even a guitar. I just, uh, you know, I remember sitting out back um, in my condominium I had at the time, and I would sit out back in the chair, a nice, beautiful, sunny day, and I would just write, just get creative. Okay. And also, uh, I remember writing Rip the Shreds. Um, that's on, yeah, that's on Turn of the Money, ready to put the shreds in a car with my girlfriend traveling across the United States. So anyway, so I took about a year of writing and, and, you know, getting up to speed with, uh, you know, recording on a computer and all that. And then uh, I sent Mike Marnie, um, you know, what I had been working on, which was the complete album, Turn of the Money. And within a week's time, he called me back, totally enthusiastic and ecstatic and and just uh, and and then at that point, you know, I was talking to him on the phone. You know, he called me um, and asked me if I'd be interested in joining UFO and also doing some solo albums. And uh, and I was like, well, I have to get back to you about that, Mike. Let me think about that. No, <laughs> I was like, absolutely, man. You know, so uh, I was totally going home. I was a huge UFO fan growing up. So anyway, uh, that signed him to Shrapnel in the, uh, the, the mid-90s, okay? And, uh, and shortly after getting signed, you know, he was flying me out to California. I'm, I'm a Chicago guy. He was flying me out to California uh, to meet all these, you know, phenomenal musicians that I had only heard about, okay? And, uh, and, and, and some of those musicians were, uh, were the guys in UFO. So anyway, uh, so we had some rehearsals, a bunch of rehearsals with UFO, and then I uh, was also um, in the downtime with that, working on drum tracks and other tracks uh, for my solo album, Turn of the Millennium. So, and then after that, you know, word got out, and everybody was calling me to play on their album, you know. And I remember going back home, going, you know, after uh, being out at the shrapnel camp, coming back home, and, you know, days or a couple of weeks later, maybe Mike Barney would call again, my girlfriend would answer the phone, and, and I remember one time she told me that he said, yeah, it's like, you probably don't like me that much because every time I call, your boyfriend's on a, on a red-eye flight out to California days later. Um, so anyway, but Mike was calling me a lot to plan 
you know, different people's albums. And a lot of them I, I did. Some of them, um, or I remember one in particular I, I, I did not uh, plan. But anyway, so, uh, you know, uh, 25 albums later, here I am. <laughs> you know, so I've, I've done, you know, some solo albums and played on a, you know, an onslaught of other people's albums as well, too. And, you know, I got to the point where, you know, people were asking me to play on their albums, and I'm like, man, you know, I don't want to just be that guy. You know, I, mean, I, want, I, want, I, want to, I want to focus on my music. I love composing. I love playing guitar. And, you know, I need that time. Okay? I've actually, uh, you know, people ask me, it's like, George, man, why aren't you playing? I'd love to see you play. And as much as I love playing, I just have this innate, nonstop, relentless drive to create. Okay, right now I'm looking at my computer right now, and I've got five albums on my desktop in my dock. I'm a Mac guy, so in my dock, um, I've got uh, excuse me, uh, seven, not five, but seven albums done. Okay, and uh, so I, I love being creative and writing, and it's a daily activity for me, along with uh, with teaching. So, but anyway, so that's kind of in a nutshell, you know. Uh, how I started and up to this, you know, to uh, today. Yeah. How did, <clears throat> when you went from turn of the millennium uh, to mind over matter, as you progressed with these records, how did you evolve as a player over time? Uh, I mean, to this, you know, to this day, I, I, you know, I'm always, I'm always evolving. You know, I notice that I'm like, man, you know, I, I play so differently now. It's like, you know, I can sit here and nitpick it apart and stuff and explain some details, but it's like, you know, it's like, it's different, you know, and, uh, uh, in, in a good way, actually. So, you know, in a good way. Uh, but, you know, how I evolve, uh, um, I don't know if I have an exact answer for that, but I suppose, uh, you know, my evolution on the guitar, you know, comes from also, uh, you know, the maturity of playing for so long and also continuing to explore, feeling, you know, the need, not the real need, but the desire, it's like, to explore, to explore these unheard of sounds, okay? I mean, to me, I don't care who's on what bandwagon, okay? I want to write some music that's fresh sounding to me, you know, that, that, and I don't, without even putting in an effort, okay? So when I did Herbal Millennium, I remember being at the shrapnel camp, and I was leaving Mike Marty's house, and uh, Herbal Millennium, you know, there's a lot going on. You know, there's all these meters and, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. A million notes flying at you, okay? And Mike's like, as I was leaving the shrapnel camp, he's like, why don't we do something a little bit more accessible, you know? I'm like, sure, cool, yeah, that's cool. And so I went home, and in about a week, week or two or something like that, I wrote Mind Over Matter. So I sent him that. It was real straight ahead, kind of, you know, I knew it was kind of like similar in certain aspects of uh, what he had released. You know, the typical rhythms, the da 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 evolving from that it's almost backwards in a way you know so to, to me the modern aspects of music you know polymeters all kinds of rhythmic modulations writing uh with with uh modern melodic and harmonic techniques 
uh, polymetrical ideas, as I didn't mention that. These, these are all very modern and, and ideas that can create a very futuristic soundscape, opposed to material you know, tech, and techniques that have been used for hundreds of years throughout the common practice era. And I've studied that stuff for decades, and I love it very much. You know, I love old school and I love new school. But, uh, but it's the modern stuff that we're at, you know, is uh, what I see progression in, you know. So anyway, so um, going from eternal money into mind over matter, it was kind of going back to the, the traditional old school stuff, you know. And a lot of people, I mean, I love it too. You know, I love that old school stuff. But uh, apparently a lot of people like that, you know, the airborne and fast and furious and that kind of thing. So there's always people that, you know, that's the beauty of music. You try to hopefully something that strikes somebody and catches their, uh, you know, their emotions or attention or whatever, however you want to put it. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, not everything is for everybody, okay? So there's some, there's a school of camp that's like, man, I wish George would do more like, you know, that, that old deal classical. And then there's people that are like, man, I, you know, I want George to do more of that futuristic stuff. So, and, uh, and that's beautiful. I appreciate all that. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I want to do. Okay, and uh, you know, I, I do it for me, and it, you know, it's 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 gotta it's gotta be fun for me, you know. So yeah, mind over yeah, mind over matter. I mean, I think is more neoclassical in nature. I know you don't like probably like to put you know terms yeah whatever on that. sure yeah. Um, and I know you said that most of that album was uh, composed note for note on manuscript paper. I think yes. I, I, and, yep. um, when you when you recorded that, did you have anything in mind that you're going to keep it the neoclassical, or were you wanting because you have more of a full round music? You can you produce like an orchestra almost. When I listen yeah. to you, you, you've got so much so many different sounds that yeah. most most guitar players today, I, I, I'm not afraid to say it, wouldn't even know what to do with. It. Um, yeah. When yeah, you, I mean, you know, I'm sorry. That, I just said mind over matter had that more neoclassical. In nature, totally. and were you thinking of going to uh, like the last track? You know, had more of a, you know, have a full okay. plate of different different types of sounds. Were you trying oh, to keep it? Yeah, absolutely, full plate of sounds. Yeah, that last track, the orchestral suite. That's something. I mean, I still have the original manuscript for that, and uh, I mean, I definitely approached it with the neoclassical uh, style in mind. Absolutely. Like I said, you know, the eternal money and that's, you know, most of that album is, is more progressive, you know, future moving sort of style. Okay. So my never matter. I kept the rhythms a lot simpler, the harmonies, you know, the, the underlying harmonic bed and the melodic content more in the classical realm for sure. And, uh, and I, I, I love different sounds, you know, I, I try to stress to people, I mean, guitar is to me, it's just one sound out of so many. You know, I mean, the woodwinds, brass, and, and strings, and percussion of the orchestra, not to mention these, you know, modern synth sounds, are all equally as appealing to me. You know, I, I love all that stuff. And, you know, back in the 90s, I, uh, you know, like with that orchestral suite, the sounds were nothing like the quality that we have available today. You know, like my, my release I'm working on right now. I mean, it's just like, wow, man. I wish I had this back in the 90s. But, uh but anyway, um, but yeah, absolutely, I was approaching that with a more neoclassical uh, mindset for mind over matter. Yep. And but I, I have thought, you know, speaking of which, you know, the two styles is, you know, I, the more, I, I suppose, you know, people 
may see me as this uh, this dual style guy. There's this neoclassical side to me, and then there's this futuristic. I like to think of it as futuristic, uh, not just modern, but really kind of pushing the envelope uh, with, with the, the fresh sounding progressive stuff, you know. And you know, on my desktop here, on my dock, you know, like I said, I've got a three, six, yeah, seven albums right here, uh, and some some of which are modern, and some of which are very neo-romantic, you know, rich in romanticism, the harmony and melodic and virtuosic styles of uh, the romantic era. So, uh, but yeah, I've got a, I've got a mixture, and I've always loved balancing those two styles too. You know, I go knee deep in an album with, in like a neoclassical style. And then I kind of get burnt out a little bit, and, and then I explore more modern aspects, and an album comes out of that. So, you know, but anyway, yeah. Your uh, Venomous Fingers is one of my favorites of yours. I knew that came out on um, Lion, Lion Records. Did you switch yeah. from Barney to Lion for any specific reason? No, no specific reason. The, uh, you know, everything was going great with Barney. He, you know, like I said, he, I, lo- I love Mike Barney, you know, for the person he is and what he did for me and all the rest of the guitar community and the guitarists that were on his label. He's an amazing person to, uh, you know, bring to the forefront. You know, he's phenomenal players, you know, for sure. And uh, he's a great person, a lot of fun to be around, you know. And he was calling me all the time to play on this guy's album, play on that guy's album. And uh, I appreciate it, and I'm extremely grateful for it, you know. So uh, there was no big falling out or anything. So I just uh, spread my wings, so to speak, and... Uh, you know, I was talking to the last, and, uh, you know, we struck up a deal, and, and I went with it. It's really as simple as that. There was no, uh, you know, nothing bad happened. So. Well, that's, that, that's, that's always good. Um, after then, then as singers, you, you had, you had your other, you had, um, the Dawn of Time, uh, planetary, uh, yeah. planetary alignment before then, and the astral projections. Did you, did you do like, did you like corner up? You're going to do this kind of progression or sound on this album. You're going to do it on the next one. Or did you get just whatever came to your mind? You just did them on, on these three albums. Yeah. I, I this is kind of whatever came to my mind. I, uh, I, I, uh, I still have this album and, uh, I might not release it as the title, but I announced years ago on my website and I've learned not to do this now from that, but I had this <laughs> album, the extinction of man, you know, a uh, really, really huge epic album. I mean, you know, 75 minutes or maybe 77 minutes, however long the CD is. It was just packed, okay? And it's uh, very neoclassical, neo, actually neo-romantic to be specific, you know, uh, but neoclassical in a general sense. Uh, and then then I got uh, I got sidetracked. Started, you know, I'm always writing, man. It's like that's what really just fuels me is the, the creation process. Uh, so then I started writing some other material, and just decided to just release that instead. And, uh, you know, I have so much material, it's crazy. And, and right now, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say racing to, uh, you know, I'm not dying or anything. So, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm putting forth a good effort here to release the material I have, you know. So I was a little disenchanted with the music industry uh, years back. And I sort of had this attitude like, well, I'm not in any hurry. You know, people are, people are going to steal my music and, you know, you know, imagine just somebody coming and taking your paycheck every week. So I, I was a little disenchanted with that. Uh, but I love, you know, the people that, that listen to my music and support me. Um, you know, I have to say, actually, too, even uh, if they don't get my material legally, it's still I appreciate the fact that it moved them to some respect to go out and 
somehow, uh, you know, get my music to listen to it, you know? So, mm. but anyway, yeah. So, I hope that answers your question. But Yeah, it does. It does answer my question. Going back to um, going into groups and all that, I remember when Ring of Fire was putting out uh, some music, you laid down the tracks for it and then something happened. I read that you couldn't, uh, there was some piece issues. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, great bunch of guys, you know, so the, Vitaly and I, we, we did an album, as you might know, uh, Extreme Measures. Uh, you know, again, it was one of those albums that Mike called me. But, yeah, we'll get George to do it. And Vitaly and I got together and actually recorded that in my condo. And, uh, you know, we, we just totally hit it off with Vitaly and I. You know, we had a great time. And our, our, our playing just sort of really gelled together. And we just uh, just worked out really well. And a few years later, uh, Vitaly and Mark Bowles gave me a call. You know, I guess they, they were, uh, you know, looking to do something. And, uh, there was something where Tony McAlpine was uh, being considered, and they called me, and, uh, and and it just worked out. Yeah, so, you know, they, they came out to Chicago, and we uh, wrote and recorded for a week or two or something like that, and mm-hmm. uh, so it worked out great. And then we flew back uh, to California for some uh, rehearsals and recording drums and other stuff. And uh, But anyway, then I had an issue. This was right after, like, 9-11, and uh, so I had, a, I had a problem with my passport. I mean, everything was cool, but I just could not get my visa in time. So I don't know if it was the delay was due to the to the you know the, the whole 9/11 event or not, but I could not get it in time. So I couldn't make it out there. Uh, so that's when yeah they, they just go ahead. They went ahead and uh, got Tony, and he filled in my shoes. Yeah, so. And that's cool. You know, it's awesome. Mark and I are cool. Vitaly, everybody's cool. And, uh, yeah, so I just went on. And it's cool. I mean, I really enjoyed writing my own music, man. So, um, yeah. I can, I, I, yes, I can imagine with, uh, with, the, with, what, with all of what entails of you doing an album and doing music with everything that you do with it. Um, yeah. Tell me about your guitar rig. What are you recording with? Um, what kind of... Um, Oh man, you want me? You want me to give out my secrets, huh? Well, whatever no, you want me to tell me. I mean, just endorsements, you know, just something that's pet, pet, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. No, I actually, I buy everything. Everything that I have, I buy. So you know, you have I'm really, no endorsements. Uh, yeah, I do some strings and stuff, but uh, okay, no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really just you know, man, you know, what, what I play, I bought absolutely. So you know, endorsements. I mean, it's cool if a company wants to get behind you and stuff, but I'm, I really don't have any interest. But uh, I have, uh, uh, I'm a big Strat and Gibson guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my favorite guitars currently is this uh, this uh, 57 reissue Aztec Gold Strat. I mean, it's completely stock, old 57 pickups, totally low power, amazing sounding pickups, man. Okay, tiny frets, smallest frets you can get. Everybody's like, man, this George must have these big frets. No, I got the smallest frets you can get, man. And uh, very weak pickups. I love the guitar. It's one of my favorites. Not all my guitars are equipped uh, w- with that uh, the stock setup like this Gold Strat. You know, I've got the Mars Yield and Seymour Duncan's and some bigger frets and other guitars. But no scalloping, none of that business, or no huge frets, man. Gibsons, uh, do, my Gibsons do have a little bit bigger frets, but but you know, really for the past couple of decades, my main guitars have been uh, the Stratocasters. But anyway, you know, Strat and Lady, like I said, a completely stock 57 reissue Strat. Mm-hmm. Going into uh, TS9 Tube Screamer, 
and uh, then straight into uh, then an assortment of uh, muscles. And one of my favorites is an old 76 Mark II. And that was the one actually uh, uh, you, hear, you heard first on Mind Over Matter and, uh, you know, then, then other albums after that. But so out of that, I run into really nice uh, Focusrite Mike Pre Red Series is one of my favorites. I like the leaves on uh, the Focusrite stuff. And I go straight into some high-end Apogee converters and straight into uh, an RME card. So there's, there's some plugs for these companies that I back. I pay for them, you know, with my own cash, man. Uh, but uh, some, some great stuff for sure, you know. And uh, that's it. Pretty simple, man. Yeah. Yeah, you just you're you're smart. Not want anyone telling you what to own, what to, telling them what to do. Uh, yeah, that's the smart thing to do. Uh, but a lot of yeah. these young music, these young musicians are seeking out endorsements because they think they're the they're going to get you know free stuff. Yeah, they're going to get free stuff when it's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I you know you know if, if I find something that I that I need and that I want, you know, I, I usually get it. I mean, you know, perhaps maybe I should be out, you know hustling and talking to these companies and getting free stuff, all right? Nothing like free stuff in this world. But uh, but I'm fine, man. I am, I am totally good with uh, with what I have, you know, so I can, I can write and play music in ways that I never dreamed about when I was seven years old. And that, to me, is the most important thing. I don't care what equipment you have, man, but it's in your mind and it's in your fingers. Those two things are the most important, okay? Despite any equipment you have, doesn't matter how great your sample library is or your amp, okay? If it's not in your mind, that musical depth, the profound depth of musicality or the technical skills within your within your fingers and your muscles, all the equipment in the world isn't going to do anything. So, Absolutely. But, 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 but I mean, you, gotta, you should have nice equipment, you know, so if I, you know, definitely want some nice sound. So I'm not saying go out and buy some, you know, whatever, you know, some, some, some cheap equipment, but so anyway, yeah, pretty much. Cool. Well, that's good, Mike. I know we're running out of time, but my last couple of questions. You, I know your guitar, your guitar lessons are very important to you. That's like the forefront of your of your website. Um, do you have a lot of students that you take a lot of Skype lessons with? And do you, uh, is that something you enjoy helping people with? And my other question would be, what is what's the rest of 2017, early 2018 have in store for you? Okay, yeah, cool, great question. Uh, first of all, the answer to your first question is tremendously. I enjoy helping people out and sharing the gift of music to aspiring musicians or, you know, whether it's aspiring or advanced musicians, you know, I have an extreme passion for that. Okay? I, I, I not only am passionate, but I'm extremely enthusiastic. I very much look forward to it, okay? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I love teaching. And, yes, uh, Skype lessons are something I should have done a long time ago. So, you know, as soon as I advertised, I, I announced uh, the Skype lessons, uh, it, it took off for me, and that's been going extremely well. Uh, you know, uh, I, I don't do any, I mean, I've got to pay my bills just like everybody else. Sure. But I don't, I don't play music uh, because of some financial gain. My motive isn't about money at all, okay? So, and i gotta, I got to be able to pay my bills, like I said, and buy the nice equipment that I have. Uh, but, but besides that, I mean, I, I have an extreme passion not only for music and composing and playing guitar, but for also uh, for helping people, okay, from beginners to, you know, uh, intermediate to advanced students, okay. A lot of the, uh, the lessons online, a lot of people, a lot of my students have had uh, shown significant interest in composition. 
remember Tom has since back, you know, back in the 90s. He took lessons for, I don't remember exactly how long, but, but for some years. And uh, like him, other people, they, they have this interest in just like, man, I want to learn how you, how you write like that. I remember, you know, Rusty Cooling calling me on the phone like years ago. It's like, man, how do you write like that? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I have no idea. <laughs> I just write like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, great players, man. You know, great Rusty, players. Rusty's a good much, friend of mine and Tony. <laughs> yeah, so much, much respect to all these guys, you know. Yeah. So I'm like the odd guy writing all this weird-ass music. I don't know. You know, it's just uh, I just do what I do, and I just, uh, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I could tell you, you know, what I use, like the compositional aspects, but how I put it all together, you know, the notes and the places that I think are the right places. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just the creative side of my mind. And, uh, yep. So, and I love sharing that with people, you know, and the, uh, like I said, the uh, primarily the Skype-based lessons, uh, most people have, uh, have had significant interest in, uh, you know, composition. And to me, that's awesome because, like I said, I've taught thousands of guitar players throughout my life, and you know, there's there's this, in my opinion, this overly focus on the sheer physical mechanics of the instrument. And a lot of great, a lot of great players, and and uh, to me, that's just, you know, it's just a small portion of of the you know of musical depth, you know. So, but it's great to see. Yeah, I'm glad, glad to see the interest in, in composition, you know. So, uh, so anyway, uh, so what's in store? Well, more music. Okay, so like I said, I, I was a little disenchanted with the music industry, but I have uh, an enormous amount of music that I'm sitting on right now. And I've been working very hard, actually, this past, uh, in 2017, to uh, get a release out there. So I've been focused on uh, the orchestration of that. Uh, writing some subordinate lines to what's already there. Okay, so uh, the first and foremost thing is is the writing. Okay, so you, you know if you don't have you know melodic line, in my opinion, a melodic line or the writing that, in your opinion, is is really good, all the orchestration, all the great sounds, and all the great tones of any guitar is not going to make it a great piece of music. Okay. So I've got this music written that I'm quite happy with, and so now uh, you know I'm orchestrating it, and uh, you know, like I said, writing some subordinate lines to it and gearing up for release. So I'll tell you this right now: I'm not going to give you an exact release date, but there's a release coming. There's a release coming soon for sure. And I've learned my lesson not to say anything too far in advance, you know. So I, I want to go out and just uh, kind of kind of stun people at this point, you know, and that's it. So just sort of surprise them. You know? Are we going to see you on tour anytime in the next year? Um, I don't know about that. I really don't have any uh, anything uh, in mind right now. It's a pos- I'm not saying it's, it's not possible. I don't have anything set up. My primary goal right now, Andrew, is to release this material. Like I said, I've, I've got a, a lot of material that I'd like to share with the world, and that's uh, that's my primary number one goal at this point.